Yuhu and welcome to Pep Talk, the Persuasive Evangelism podcast. I'm Christy and I'm joined by my um, fantastically iridescent um, co-host Andy Bannister, who is joining us from what looks like a really kind of ambient Swedish spa kind of setting with this kind of purple lighting. It's, it's quite exciting. Hi, Andy. It is exciting, isn't it? And the fun thing is in my little Arctic cabin thing in the garden, which is in my home office, I can change the colour. You can't see what? this watching your video. I can go blue, I can go That's green, amazing. I can go red. <laughs> And I've got disco mode. There we go. There's disco. There's disco <laughs> mode. A, a bit, let me stop that. My kids love playing with that whenever they come to visit me. Yeah. So yes, oh. they've, I've been relegated to a little wooden hut in the garden, but it's quite a fun. It looks like so. a TARDIS, Andy. It looks fantastic. It does look like um. a TARDIS. So who have we got on the? Who have we got on the show today? We could. This is not the uh, the wooden garden office podcast. This is, of course, pep talk. So, uh, so Christy, what amazing guests have we got today? Well, we are thrilled to be joined by Inonge Siluka. It's really, really great to have you um, with us, Inonge. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So, thanks for having me on. Oh, it's such a joy. I mean. Oh, so many questions to ask you, but before we do, probably helpful just to say a few few words of, of introduction. Now, you've been very clear with us that you wanted to be introduced as somebody who works full-time for um, a cancer charity. And you're also somebody who's just really, really passionate about evangelism. But in addition to all of that, there are many things that, that you're involved with. And one of them is that you are the founder of a Restored Hope Zambia, um, can you tell us a little bit about Restored Hope Zambia, uh, Zambia uh, Inonge? What, what is it about? What does it exist for? What's your involvement with it? Sure. Uh, it might help to introduce my background there a little bit. So I am Zambian and I've lived in Scotland for the last 17 years. So um, that's the Zambian connection. And the organization Restored Hope Zambia exists to um, tackle the problem of abuse in um, church but in the Zambian context, uh, quite a big issue there for various um, reasons. Some of them are cultural. Um, Zambia is quite a Christian-ish culture. Um, so religion plays a big part in the day-to-day -day of the um, average Zambian. Um, and yeah, there, there are other um, systemic issues as well. So this was something that I um, had experience of seeing firsthand the devastation of and just wanted to do something about it as somebody um, who loves Jesus, loves um, the church and what it's supposed to be there for, uh, but also as somebody who's passionate about justice. Um, so mm -hmm. the, the vision of Restored of Zambia was actually restoring hope to survivors of church abuse in Zambia, um, but not only to provide that support, but to deal with some of the problems holistically. So there's some legal issues, there's some cultural issues, there's spiritual issues. It's a, it's a whole big um, sort of complex uh, ball game. So, so that's the idea behind it. That's the vision of the organization. And um, yeah, passionate about it. It's not easy, but I think it's, it's needed. Hmm. I'm immediately struck, actually, that you, that you talk about those two passions, the evangelism, but also the, the restoring hope, the justice, the people who've been you know, hurt by, by church abuse. You know, one way those questions, those issues come together, and I would love to get your you know, wisdom on is sometimes when we share our faith as Christians, right, we come across people who've been hurt by the church, and it's the church that's the stumbling block. How, how in your experience, can we help people who've been through that? that? Yes, they're angry and hurt by the church, totally understandably, but we don't want them to throw Jesus out in the process. How does one navigate that sensitively and wisely? <laughs> 
Yeah, great question, um, Andy. I'm still working through how to do that well. I think before starting this charity, I used to do a lot of um, talks on evangelism and apologetics. And I'm not that I've stopped doing those things, but obviously most of my conversations around Restored Up Zambia. And interestingly, some people have brought that up. Like, do you not think this is a stumbling block to your evangelism? Like, why would you point out all the bad stuff um, mm. happening in the church? And actually what I've found is that I've actually had more more um, open conversations about the gospel since talking about this issue than I did before, which which might surprise you. Hmm. But I think people um, people open up more when you are honest um, about the issues that the church is dealing with. So uh, I used to be somebody that liked black and white answers, you know, like what's the answer to this philosophical question? Um, and life just doesn't work that way. And so actually uh, just taking a step back and saying, Yes, this happens. Yes, this is bad. Yes, we don't have to defend it and we don't have to uh, try and make something good out of it. Just acknowledging that sometimes, yes, Christians do bad things and and that's not a good thing. It um, goes a long way because I, I think sometimes as Christians, we can be tempted to be on the defensive. I need to defend the gospel. I need to defend the church. And, and that can come across as being um, not very compassionate to what people have been through. Um, so that would be the first thing that I, I think just acknowledging that pain um, that people may have experienced, not trying to pretend like, you know, all the dynamics of what happened and um, on what should have happened. Um, and I think the second thing is always centering around Christ. Um, so another follow up question I get is, well, if you deal with all the bad stuff the church is doing, why used you a Christian um, and why do you still go to church? You know, mm-hmm. Um and I always come back to, oh, actually, it's Christ is church and um, Jesus himself has a lot to say about what the church shouldn't be like. You know, you've got places like Revelation in the letters to the churches where Christ shows his love for the church, but also rebukes his church because he loves her. Um, and when the church doesn't reflect her, Christ has something to say about that. Hey, don't, you know, don't be loveless. Um, don't practice sexual morality. This is this is what it looks like, but also encourages the church. And I think that's helpful because um, at the end of the day, we are not pointing people to some kind of building or denomination. We're pointing them to Christ. And although people have um, caused harm um, in his name, Christ is too good. Um, and that needs to be something that um, I think we bring out, um, maybe not in a one-off conversation, but I think um, through what we love, um, it needs to be clear to people that we love Jesus. And I think they can see that clearly. Um, and even as we talk through some of those complex issues of the, the hurt they might have been through, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Um, that that would be so far, still working mm. through it, but those would be the two main things that I've found helpful. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's really thoughtful, Inongo, thinking about the role of honesty in, in facing some of the, the devastating kind of situations either that people experience personally um, or otherwise, and as well as kind of thinking, what does it look like to present Christ in this? Do you, um, in your work, you mentioned that you were out um, in Zambia, was it for six months or so? Was it a sabbatical? Did you have any kind of stories of what this looks like on the, on the ground for, for Christians and for those um, who might just be drawn to this particular witness? Yes. I, so it was interesting. I had a lot of learning to do. So um, Zambia, I think I, I sort of mentioned that I was in a sabbatical for six months um, and it's just a completely different 
climate from Scotland because in Scotland, very secular, you sort of need to sometimes feel like you're tiptoeing around things just to to get conversations about Jesus. But in Zambia, it's a complete opposite. Like people will, you get onto a bus and there'll be somebody preaching. Like it's just very, you know, Christian, I guess, quote unquote, um, which which is a good thing sometimes, sometimes not a good thing because culture Christianity has its its own problems. So what I actually found is um, I sort of wanted to bring the conversation about Jesus and wanted to be super sensitive and like, let's find out people were just quite blunt about it. They're like, yeah, this is what I really think. <laughs> so that took, uh, that took me by surprise. Like, Oh, how do you share the gospel with somebody who, um, sort of has quite a lot of experience with church. They've maybe been to loads of churches and they think they have a good idea of what Christianity is and they're rejecting it. And so you're, you're not starting from, hey, you know nothing or does God mm-hmm. exist? You're starting from, well, yes, I believe in God, of course, but I, you know, I don't like the church and, and therefore I'm going to do my own thing. Um, and I think what I found helpful was just asking good questions to find out what they really thought, because um, Zambia is quite, even within the Christian denomination, there's so many random denominations. Um, so somebody is saying, yes, I've been to church. <laughs> they might have been in a cult uh, or, you know, loads of cults. Um, lots of um, false teaching, lots of prosperity gospel, all of that mixed in with obviously, um, you know, good churches and, and things like that. So I actually found asking asking questions about well, what do you what do you believe? Um, what was the church that you went to like? What did they preach? What did you not like, and why did you not like it? And and what I found is that usually the things that they didn't like, uh, I would be like, well, yeah, I don't like that either. It would be things like, well, you know, people really worshipped the man of God. You, you've had this phenomenon in Zambia where people self declare themselves to the man of God and will say, God told me to, um, to do this, and will use that to abuse their power, um, either financially or spiritually. Um, so actually, when you find find out the reasons are rejecting the church, I'm like, actually, those are good reasons to reject that particular church because that's not what the expression of um, what the body of Christ should look like. Um, and so so that was a helpful starting point is actually what what is it, what is it that you're rejecting? Because the chances are we're rejecting the same thing. And then off the back of that, bringing in, well, why are you rejecting that? I don't think church should be like that. What should church be like? You know, and then you're coming back to um, the gospel and um, and the teaching of the Bible on what is a church? Um, what should a church be like? Why should it be like that? And you're, you're going to come back to, actually, it should reflect the person of Jesus. It should reflect her head. Um, and, and and that was, I found that helpful. Uh, difficult to sort of be like, oh, okay, you, you're not actually rejecting this outrightly. Um, it's just that your experience of this has nothing to do with Jesus at all. Um, great opportunity, I think, in, in that particular context. Hmm. Do you know the other one question as well that that spins off this in Ongay? I'd love to chat around for for a minute or two as as well. You know, it just occurred to me listening to you that how different a setting you know Zambia is from from Glasgow. We were saying before the show began, we was. I mean, it's always hard to think of two two more different cultures, but but you've you've lived in in both. You've got a, you've got a foot still in both kind of worlds how are there lessons that you've learned from that that you found also helpful in dealing with other sort of cross-cultural evangelism because glasgow like you know like london where uh, where i'm on the edge of and christie is you know very multicultural cities there was like, those stats published yesterday showing that london and birmingham are now cities where you know uh, white british are a minority uh because they're so diverse and i think that diversity could scare christians how can i talk to someone who's very different to me without causing 
causing offense because there's this big cultural divide. But listening to you is fantastic because you've got a foot in both cultures, doesn't phase you. Um, are there any things that you've learned as you've operated, you know, those foots in two very different cultures, but perhaps you could share with others in terms of, you know, ways that we can be sensitive and, and wise in terms of communicating with others who are who are different? Yeah, um, I think two things come to mind. One is getting to really know people. Um, yeah. I think sometimes we are, and, and I've had this conversation because I, I sort of, my, my background is a lot of conservative evangelical churches. And sometimes people are too scared, you know, this whole, I don't want to offend. And in that fear of offend, of not wanting to offend, we sort of, you know, don't want to go towards people that are different from us. What mm -hmm. if I ask the wrong question? Actually, if you do, you mess up and you say, I'm sorry, and you start again. Uh, but we can't, I, I don't think you can learn until you actually genuinely hang out with people and not just on a Sunday. Hi, how are you? My name is Inonge. Nice to meet you. Like, how do we get people in our homes and really get to know them? Because only then can you start to pick up on certain cultural dynamics that might help when you are having conversations about the gospel. Um, so just for example, Zambia is quite a um, hierarchical and, and lots of African um, cultures, um, hierarchical societies. And so when I was there, um, you know, I, I was a founder of this charity and people were like, hello, madam, you know, mm -hmm. good afternoon, madam. And it was just so weird. I was like, gosh, I'm, 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 I don't think I'm old enough to be a madam for starters. <laughs> but also, you know, they were just being respectful. Mm -hmm. And we can look at that from a Western perspective and be like, gosh, like this is, this is a terrible uh, potential abuse dynamic structure but actually it's just you know there's a culture of respect there mm -hmm. so what does it look what's good about that and um how can that be maybe um be abused in in some ways and just learning that but i wouldn't i wouldn't know that even as somebody who grew up in zambia it's not something i'd picked up on until i was actually actively living there and seeing oh this this is what it looks like and so things like speaking to your elders, you, you, you very rarely would sort of challenge authority, not because people are dull or they're not able to think critically, but because that's seen as, you know, disrespectful. And so if you are speaking or preaching the gospel in that context, um, how do you honor authority and power? What does Jesus say about those things? Does he say they're bad in and of themselves? No, but this is what it looks like. It looks like service. And, and so you, the, the, the gospel and the Christian worldview bring brought into that isn't saying to this particular culture, oh, no, everything should just be informal because, you know, that's our Western way of thinking. You actually say, oh, that's good that you want to respect people and you want to respect the elders and um, that you you revere authority. That's not a bad thing. But what does it look like to do that in a Christ-like way? And, and why is that a good thing? Um, and you would only find that out if you're hanging out from people. How do you think do things in your country? Like, don't assume. Like, even things in Zambia would be different from something in Ghana. You know, I constantly learn. I've got um, a Ugandan friend and Ghanaian friend. You're just constantly learning, like, you do that in your culture? What? <laughs> and so, so genuine, I think, hospitality and just conversation with each other uh, beyond the, you know, Sunday morning um, is a helpful starting point. Um, and secondly, I think um, we need to be challenged by our own cultures, and that goes both ways. I think when I'm I, when I first moved to Scotland, I really struggled with the secular context. It's like this is really difficult. Take me back to Zambia, Christian country. But this time around, when I went back, I was actually like, actually, the the churches were discussing things like, you know, should women wear trousers in church? And it was driving me nuts because I was like, <laughs> I live in Scotland, where I don't know what the percentage of Christianity is, like five percent or whatever. And here you are, you can walk into any 
bus stop. You can do it. You can do anything you want. You can just stand anywhere and preach a gospel and people will actually listen to you. You've got such an opportunity and you're not using it because you're so comfortable. So mm-hmm. actually that was convicting to me because we, we tend to think in Scotland, if only we had this situation or mm. this circumstance, we would share the gospel more. I was like, well, actually, Here's a here's a culture which has all the advantages, and actually they're not using it. So, um, I think it's convicting in that. Do we sometimes use um, the secularism um, as an excuse Gosh. not to share the gospel? Um, and yeah, just just a lot to think about there. Um, I feel like we should do a church swap, like each culture just swaps, <laughs> like just for six oh. months, like just you know for, for a bit of perspective. I think you just re- I think you've just invented the next reality TV show, at least for God TV <laughs> or something. Church <laughs> church swap, I love that. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah, this is fantastic. Uh, we'd love also just to hear. I mean, your heart for for evangelism is coming out. Um, loud and clear through um, through everything that you've been sharing with us through your work in Zambia and also in Scotland. Um, we'd love to also just highlight um, your blog, which is www.overflowchat.com, which is aimed at encouraging kind of women and, and girls and their evangelism and their faith. Um, yeah, so slight slight shift now into a different kind of area, but tell us tell us about this this wonderful resource that you've put together and why you think it's necessary. Yeah, um, I I used to be involved in student evangelism um, through like UCCF, the Christian unions, and I did a lot of sort of Bible handling training. And then I finished all of that and was going into a secular workplace and was like, great, what do I do with all of that? I met all these wonderful women. Um, I, I just, women evangelists. And they're like, I need, to, we need to do something somehow. Um, so Overflow Chat became something that um, was not just about me wanting to equip women evangelism, but having a platform that um, all these women that I was meeting, whether at conferences or um, other places could actually share as well. Um, they might not have time to do their own blog, but at least, okay, you can do a guest blog here and there. So that was one of the reasons behind it. Um, And then I think I just wanted to marry the, I I love theology, uh, but it can be sometimes that some women might feel, oh no, I don't, I don't do theology. And and some churches sometimes can be um, uh, for blame with that because the women's events are like, oh, let's do this flowery thing. And then the men would do the evangelism. So I wanted to bring in the theology with the, um, with evangelism and say, well, actually evangelism is just about sharing. Our, our lives and sharing the gospel and um, theology is about God. So um, how can we bring, you know, these doctrines and all the things that we're learning to bear in our evangelism? Um, and so the idea is um, helping Christian women to be able to understand what they believe and why, and then to be able to articulate that um, naturally through um, the spaces that they, in, they inhabit, whether it's at work, um, at home, in clubs, local clubs, and so on and so forth. Um, so, so that's what I wanted to create. Um, I think um, from my experience, women just f- sort of shrank back and I sort of wanted to have this avenue where women could like, come on, let's, let's do this, let's go, let's encourage each other. Um, so yeah, I, I hope it will be something like that that can help women to be like, actually, I can do this evangelism thing. It's not for the pros. It's not just for the, you know, big theologians. And actually, I am doing theology. I know a lot of theology, even though I don't have a PhD or a master's, because I do know a lot about God. And um, I can just, here's what it looks like to explain it in this life circumstance or in this situation, in an everyday kind of context. So, yeah, so that was the idea behind um, Overflow Chat and the blog as well. Fantastic. And we'll put... um 
we'll put a link to that to overflow chat into the show notes with the podcast so if people want to go and check that out they can they can follow the link we're kind of rapidly running out of time but one, one question i'd love to ask uh Inonge, if you're willing to chat around this one i'm just intrigued that you you know at the start we talked about you wear all these various hats and are involved in various things but obviously your, your day job is working there in the in the non-profit kind of world and that's another space i think the workplace where i think christians can sometimes feel a bit nervous on the back foot um how have you found it being a christian in the workplace do you find that that's somewhere that you can sort of be natural and and find ways to talk about your faith and so how do you how do you do it how do you how do you bring your christian faith to into the into the workplace uh in today's very secular world what are some of the lessons perhaps you've learned yeah i i actually find um, when I first started working for the charity, I was a bit nervous, actually, because it's that first day one. Like, do I tell them I'm a Christian today? How do I do it? Um, but actually, I was quite surprised um, in God's providence because I um, I shrank back a little bit. I was like, OK, let me let me overdo it. Let me just be subtle with it. And then um, I think day two, somebody found my YouTube channel um, and was watching a video about prayer and the sovereignty of God. Like, you didn't have picked a more just this i did not make this for evangelistic purposes but okay the, the cat is out of the bag like let's do this so i i was forced into evangelism a little bit um with that and i just realized my colleagues were just intrigued um not necessarily by the things i thought they were like the typical evangelistic topics or apologetic topics they wanted to find out about prayer and what i thought about mm-hmm. that so that was surprising um so something that i've learned is just don't assume um especially if you're somebody who's passionate about evangelism you read loads of books and you're like okay these are the questions that people have actually you'll be surprised by this completely different set of questions depending on the individual mm-hmm. i've had to have conversation about new age thought and just other things that i probably haven't thought about before. Um, so just be open to that possibility. Um, talk about normal things and be genuinely interested in your colleagues. I think um, that made things normal. Um, I, you know, just before COVID hit, we had a big conversation about what people thought about death because that's the kind of chat we just, we just had about anything, um, you know, random stuff, deep stuff. Um, so I think creating that um, normality with your colleagues and just genuinely loving and caring for them and being interested in what they care mm. about means they might be interested in what you care about and that might be an opportunity to just talk about Jesus more mm. naturally I guess you could say for lack of a better phrase um, so I've actually loved being in in the secular workplace um, I've I know it can be difficult for some people but I've had the privilege of being around like-minded colleagues um, it's a charity sector people genuinely um, care about other people um i haven't had to deal with maybe some of the tricky questions around sexuality and things like that so uh, that's maybe something to think about beforehand if this topic came up how would i speak into it um i haven't had to have that conversation so i don't really have much advice on that but maybe something to think through um before the conversation happens and again that's such excellent advice and it's just been such a joy hearing your your heart on all of these topics there's such um such wisdom there and such riches for us to reflect on thank you so so much um for your time and for joining us today thank you very much thanks for having me um yeah really enjoyed this conversation oh thank you so much Inonge. well i think that that's it for me that's it from andy it is that's it for me too <laughs> and we look forward to joining you in a couple of weeks time and with another wonderful guest um on our virtual sofa um, take care until then bye bye